If I'm going to Pitt, Penn State, I'm not going to be drinking uh, Diet Cokes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. yeah. You could Uber up there. I bet the Uber isn't oh, that probably, Oh, that's not expensive at all, right? I bet you it's could check it out right hour now. Drive. Can I tell the guy not to talk for the entirety of the ride? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but it might not work. Because if I get you somebody that's yapping word. for two and a half hours, that's, you know, I'm gonna beat 200 him like bucks a rented is mule. <laughs> Why do you beat the rented mules? Well, because you don't own it. it's not yours. It's yeah, not yours. you don't care what happens yeah. to it. That yeah. much I know. You know. Does Mike Lang still use beat him like a rented mule? Yeah. Yeah. No one rents mules anymore, Mike. Thank God we all own mules. Now You're checking that Uber slaves. thing, are you? This is an interesting idea. I'm going to look at it here in the break. I'm going to go to you commercial break. Come back. Rent a mule. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Faster! <laughs> Faster! The pregame show starts! Just make sure you beat it with a baby seal. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. At 6 o'clock at DVE, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 72 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A lawsuit is being filed after the Jacksonville shooting rampage during a video gamers tournament. The lawsuit alleges that negligent security contributed to Sunday's mass shooting at the Jacksonville landing. The film uh, firm Morgan and Morgan is representing several victims in that shooting, including one who was shot multiple times. And a clinical psychologist says he's not surprised by the news that David Katz killed two people at that tournament and then killed himself. Dr. John Huber says the 24-year-old's history of mental illness, including a suspected schizophrenic break and multiple psychiatric hospitalizations, was a recipe for disaster, especially when coupled with a video gaming disorder. Katz's mother said in divorce papers from a decade ago, her son frequently stayed up all night playing video games, refusing to bathe change clothes or sleep. Dr. Huber says video games are designed to be highly addictive, giving players bumps in dopamine, which is the pleasure hormone. Well, this is a bizarre story. Pennsylvania State Police investigating a fatal crash near Scranton last week as murder after a man reportedly admitted to cutting the car's brake lines so he could use the metal piping to smoke crack. John Jenkins is under arrest for allegedly snipping the brake lines of his girlfriend Tammy Fox's car. She died after her vehicle collided with several parked cars and then hit a tree. Jenkins is now facing charges of criminal homicide. A new study says air pollution is damaging people's mental abilities. The study says air pollution is particularly tough on cognitive abilities of older men. Researchers studied test scores of more than 31,000 people in China who were exposed to air pollution between 2010 and 2014. Data showed both verbal and math scores fell as people were exposed to air pollution over short and longer periods of time. The leader of the study says the damage air pollution has on aging brains likely poses substantial health and economic costs. In music news, members of Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots are among several artists joining a suicide prevention campaign. The second annual multi-platform campaign titled I'm Listening will feature a two-hour radio broadcast special on September 9th. That event marks the launch of National Suicide Prevention Week. Meanwhile, anyone contemplating suicide is urged to call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Or a little easier number to remember, just text TALK to 741741. 
Ariana Grande has just been added to the illustrious list of performers at the funeral of Aretha Franklin. The Queen of Souls family requested Ariana join the celebration this Friday. They watched her tribute on The Tonight Show. She sang, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Before the day I met you, life was so unkind. You're the key to Also performing at the funeral will be Jennifer Hudson, Faith Hill, Stevie Wonder, Fantasia, and Shaka Khan. That funeral will be broadcast on Fox News and CNN, and it will also be live streamed. Forecast today, hot and humid again. Chance of showers or thunderstorms developing late this afternoon and evening. It'll be 90 for the high once again today. It's 72 at DVE. I'm Val Porter. If you listened to the show yesterday morning, you heard how awful Randy sounded. So he's staying home today. We encouraged him, stay home, get some rest, get better, and don't get any of us sick. (laughs) So he's off today, Bill off today as well, but Mike has sports coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to be joined by Josh Yowie at 8.15, Josh Yowie of The Atlantic. He wrote an article about uh, Chris Letang, so uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. And Mark Madden uh, closing out the show at, uh, is he 8.45 or 9.45? He's on early today, 8.45, so he'll join us later today as well. It's the DVE Morning Show. There was a quote in The Atlantic, and I and I loved what Stan Savern had to say about it. Basically, Marte was saying to the fans, hey, listen, I, I know you're upset, but you know if you're trying to encourage us, maybe booing isn't going to lift us up or inspire us. And he was like, this, this guy just gets it exactly wrong. It's not the fan's job to lift you up and support you. I totally agree with that. What did Joe DiMaggio say? Like, I, you know, he always said, I play as hard as I can because this might be the first time a father and their son are seeing me play, right? I mean, that, that wow. menta- that's the mentality you should have every night. Hey, listen, there could be a kid that's saved up all year long and, and, and now he's coming to his first Pirate game and he wants to see you get after. That's how every player should, you know, should look at it. There's a great story Dave Collins told me one time about Pete Rose. He said uh, it was – you know, the, the game was over. Pete was one for four or whatever. He says, this guy comes in the clubhouse. He's like, hey, you might want to give all the fans their money back. Go give them all their money back. And they look up. It's Pete Rose's dad. And they're like, they're like, Dave Collins, who's that? Like, Pete Rose's dad. He's already Pete Rose. This is like <laughs> right. his first year in the big leagues. Like, you're fourth at bat. You didn't hustle down to first base. You should go about and give all those fans their money back. Wow. You know, that, that I'm, I'm just saying, like, that might be a little over the top, <laughs> but that's yeah, the right. mentality. Like, I think there's something to be said about that. These fans come I had watch, money on this game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't believe you dogged it. <laughs> Maybe that's the backstory. You caused me a couple stacks. <laughs> that kind of lackadaisical. I had a three-team parlay. <laughs> All you had to do was beat the Cubs. <laughs> I had the Yankees. I had the Red Sox. And you screwed it up. <laughs> DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers' new return man, Ryan Switzer, was on the south side yesterday on the practice field and in the locker room. The hope is that the Steelers can get a look at him tomorrow night in the preseason finale against Carolina. Head coach Mike Tomlin said yesterday that uh, for a return man such as Switzer, the transition from uh, returning punts and kicks in Oakland to doing so in Pittsburgh 
shouldn't be all that difficult. It's our intentions to get him on the field on Thursday. We'll see what these next two practices look like. And then what goes beyond that, you know, we'll, we'll let the dominoes fall um, and, and see how this week goes. But our intentions are to play him on Thursday. Um, but we'll wait and see what these two practices look like. The guy's getting off a red eye, et cetera. So let's see how it goes. What kind of transition is that? The degree of difficulty going from one return game to another? And that guy's been a returner all his life. I'd imagine it's like like breathing or swimming, you know, or riding a bike. Um, I don't imagine it'd be really significant. Now that was the head coach's take. The special teams coordinator had a much different take in terms of the degree of difficulty changing teams at this particular point of the preseason. It's hard. He got here this morning. He'd been on a flight all night. We play Thursday. Time to do it before Cleveland? Well, it's hard to make any predictions. You know, my, you know, I'll get with Coach, but my idea is, you know, he's got to play on Thursday night. We'll see if we can get that done. Yeah, that was special teams coordinator Danny Smith. He thinks it's a lot tougher, apparently, than Mike Tomlin does. Uh, Ryan Switzer, he was a little bleary-eyed when I talked to him yesterday, understandably so, taking that red eye from the West Coast and uh, navigating – uh, Pittsburgh and the Steelers operation, but the, it is his intention to suit up against the Panthers. Tonight. Oh yeah, 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 I'll be yeah, I'll be out there. I don't know how much, I don't know to what capacity, but uh, I'll be out there. Now, as for whether changing teams, uh, returning kicks for the Steelers uh, as opposed to the Raiders or Cowboys, whether that's like breathing or whether it's incredibly difficult. Ryan Switzer said he just couldn't tell yet because he hadn't yet familiarized himself with how the Steelers do things. Although I was with the Raiders, I was still with the same special teams coordinator. So we ran kind of the same system. So I'm still learning. Coach Smith, uh, I just got here this morning, so I'll go meet with him and kind of get a feel for what he wants to do. And I know he knows what I can do, and I know he's watched a lot of tape on me. So um, hopefully we can get on the same page and, and make something shake. You know, there aren't that many trades in the NFL, Val, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And this guy's been traded twice since last year. Hmm. So there's two ways to look at that, right? Either... People don't want them, or yeah. or somebody does. Yeah. And uh, from the Steelers' perspective, they want them because if he's returning kickoffs and punts, that means Antonio Brown doesn't have to return punts. Right. And Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't have to return kickoffs, and you don't expose your two best receivers to potential injury on special teams. Yeah, which I always wondered, what what are those guys doing in there, especially A.B.? Yeah. It's a, it's a hard decision because they are so valuable on offense, but if you're really good at the kicking game, you can score. You can Yeah. You can make a big back. you can make a big play. The Steelers went through this with Rod Woodson, uh many guys, uh, but Rod Woodson sticks out in my mind cuz he was so good at it and they just didn't let him do it very long. Um if if he can be credible, that's enough. The the Steelers think he's better than what they had, which is why they made the trade and if he just is average, but Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't get hurt returning a kickoff, it's a win. Right. If he's average and Antonio Brown doesn't get hurt returning a punt, it's a win. It's worth it. So uh, I think you are going to see him uh, Thursday night. And that gives you one, and maybe only one reason, to really get excited about <laughs> the fourth and final preseason game. It's almost over, Val. Thank God. I feel like that it's guy. The real thing. I feel like that guy who's been in the desert. He's been crawling and crawling through the sand, and he sees the oasis out in the horizon, and he's getting closer and closer. And then he gets there, and it's not actually a mirage. There's actually, <laughs> there's actually water and trees and green grass. It's here! It's here! Coconuts, good stuff. So uh, let's get through Thursday and then uh, get ready for the Cleveland Browns, September the ninth, and the start 
of the NFL regular season. Pirates uh, lost to the Cardinals 5-2 to in St. Louis last night. Disappointing night for Yvonne Nova. He lasted just three and two-thirds innings, six hits, four runs, all of them earned, two walks and a strikeout. Uh, the Cardinals have been one of the hottest teams in baseball of late, and they remain so against the Bucks, Pittsburgh falls to 64-68. and 68. The Pirates have now lost 19 of 30 games since that 11-game winning streak from July the 11th through Ugh. the 24th. They've got another one in St. Louis tonight. Trevor Williams, 10-3 and three with a 3.44 ERA. He'll be opposed by Miles Mikolas, 13-3, 2.94. Boy, not all that long ago, the Pirates were on fire and the Cardinals were so bad they were firing their manager, and now it has completely turned. Oh, how the tides have turned. Cardinals can't be beat, and the Pirates can't win for losing. But they got games left, so they better remember how. It'll be over soon, too. It's just like the Steelers preseason. <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> That's your DV Sports. Thanks, Mike. Uh, 8.15 this morning, we'll be joined by Josh Yoey of The Atlantic. He wrote an article about Chris Letang and uh, GMJR's uh, hopes for him moving forward into this season. We'll also talk with Mark Madden today because it's Wednesday. It's the DV Morning Show. When I was uh, in, living in Cincinnati... I basically got carjacked. Like, it was like a kid. I didn't realize it because he was in the back. He just jumped in the back seat. He's like, drive, drive. And I didn't want to look to see if he had a gun or whatever. Uh-huh. So I let the guy, like, but I, I, the whole time I'm thinking, this guy, he doesn't have a gun, but I better do what he says in case he does. And it, it, finally, he, he made me drive all over it. And for, after, like, an hour... He finally got out. He's like 12 years old with no gun. But <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, man. So I Dude. went back down to the scene. What he had done, he had stole a, stolen a car and wrecked it. So that's where I was. I happened to be right by that so car. He said, oh. the so scene. he was like, he heard the cops coming. So I drive back to the scene of the crime, okay, just to say, hey, here's what only, happened. Only a white guy would do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you, got, you got to go back I and know. see what really happened. <laughs> Ain't no brother my, doing my, that, bro. My, my friend JP, who's a black guy, told me the same thing. <laughs> only white guys do that, dude. I'm going back. I so I went back. And, and Bill, this not is not the I, fact that you're a alive, crime man. Has I know. You are, you are, you're an accomplice to a crime. You're going back to rectify. I, I went back and I told on him. And here's what. And they go, they they, they didn't believe me at first. Like, you just let him boss you around. I'm like, he, he, I thought he might have a gun. So then so then they ran my plates. What? And I had unpaid parking oh. tickets. And they took me down to the station. They took me down to the what? station and made me pay the fine. Oh, you are donkey of the year, bro. The dumbest person in the, in the world. world. I know. And I called, man, I called my friend JP. I'm so mad at you right now. I used to love you, bro. He's a black guy and I called him. I'm like, he goes, Greg, why, what the, why you go back, man? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then he goes, I probably knew that kid. He goes, I wish I was with you. I'd have been like, James, get out the car. Dude, you was like the first Uber. I was, man. That's I was an Uber. Uber. Drive, I, drive, I, brother, drive. That's it. That's all he said. He kept going, drive. And where? I, I, and I was like, well, where, where do you want me to go? Oh, you know? God. Yeah. I just picture him taking you like on, to do errands. Yeah. He's like, was all right, now wait that, here though. for 10 minutes. You were so scared, though. Because all these, you sitting there, they're like, poof, drive. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, my God. Like, I would panic for a second, too, though, because you don't, you never anticipate somebody getting in your car like that. Yeah. Boom, he drive. just jumped in the back. Did you think of crashing the car? 
No, no, it's a nice car. No, it was a pretty good. It was. It's know, a nice car. He's not. He's pretty not. Pretty new. And he just <laughs> got it. A very white guy car. Yes. Yeah, uh, sunroof. You know how moonroof. I finally got him. This is because I kept I'm going. So pissed. At you I kept. Right going. Right <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Where do you want to go?" How I finally I pulled up, and I finally I just had had it. It was did like you, did you late. show? Did you show any resistance? <laughs> you should have went taking on. Did you yell him. something at him when he finally got out? said something like take. No, man, I didn't. I was a complete. Failure of a man. You were such a white guy. The only you should have said, I come, I come with a set of, a set of skills. Right. You should have went on that I speech from taking a very specific set of yeah. skills. The only time I stood up for myself, at the end, I go, hey, man, I got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you guys, it worked. He got out at that point. I think he had some sort of weird code like, Yo, I don't want to go to work with nobody. I'm carjacking, man, but I ain't going to make him wait for work. I ain't going, man. I live. You know what? He got to work, bro. The only thing about that, like, puts a little bit of a pin in the idea that, like, walking your dog around is, like, an easy way to meet people is that in my, you know, 20 plus years of being a dog owner, I don't think I ever met anybody and, like, got their name. I know their dog's name. Yeah. Isn't it kind of hard to flirt, too, when you're holding a bag of poop? (laughs) (laughs) That might be attractive, though, because at least then, you know, they clean up after their dog. Oh yeah, that would immediately be somebody like just leaving. Not cleaning it up. Crap on the uh, sidewalk. Forget it. You're done. Again, I told you that's like that, and people who don't recycle will never know how people who do recycle how low they go in their opinion. Yeah. Like, like, do you guys recycle? No, just throw in the garbage. You're like, oh, you <laughs> animal. I bet you guys poop on the street. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after seven at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 11. It's 73 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro is accusing the Vatican of having knowledge of a cover-up of sex abuse allegations involving Catholic priests. In an interview on NBC's Today Show yesterday, Shapiro said his office has evidence the Vatican knew six Pennsylvania dioceses were covering up complaints against 300 priests, but would not give any specific details. The attorney general also said there was nothing that could show for certain that the Pope himself knew about the scandal. Pennsylvania's clergy abuse hotline has received more than 700 calls since the grand jury report was released two weeks ago. New data from the CDC shows the number of people with sexually transmitted diseases is rising in the U.S. Nearly 2.3 million Americans were diagnosed with chlamydia gonorrhea and syphilis last year. The rise in diagnoses is due to a number of reasons, specifically less frequent condom use and better STD testing. Experts say the biggest concern is that STDs can be asymptomatic, meaning those who contract it show no symptoms and can ultimately spread it without knowing. It is less clear if dating apps like Tinder may have contributed to the spread of STDs. According to a report, Dunkin' Donuts is dropping the donuts from its name in a number of its stores. But don't worry, they still will sell donuts. But from now on, they'll just be known as Dunkin'. The new name isn't the only thing that's changing. Uh, The stores are going through major rebranding that includes a new store design, new drinks like nitro-infused cold brew, and digital ordering kiosks. Well, there's a company called Right Pet that just finished an eight-year survey of nearly 17,000 people from 113 countries, and apparently the pet kids want the most 
not a dog, not a cat, not a hamster, not fish, not a bird. Kids want rats. Kids between 10 and 17 reported pet rats were the most satisfying pets, but once they become adults, they stop being so into rats and they do gravitate towards dogs and cats. Ben Affleck's time in rehab could cost him a big role. Industry insiders tell The Wrap the actor may be out as Batman in the DC Extended Universe. One expert says, well, more than likely the studio will replace him because the insurance costs are going to go through the roof. An attorney who specializes in insurance and bond products added that he would be bondable, but the deductible would be so high, probably as high as the budget of the whole film. On Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday, Ben checked into rehab for the third time after Jennifer Gardner staged an intervention. Johnny Depp celebrating a win in his legal battle to get back $30 million in legal fees from his former lawyer. A judge sided with the actor yesterday and ruled the oral contract Depp had with Jacob Bloom was invalid and did not hold up in court. The money Depp had reportedly paid to Bloom over almost 20 years was based on his earnings, and the actor sued him to get it back in October. Bloom then countersued and argued Depp violated their agreement and still owed him money. That case will be going to trial in May. And a London tabloid reporting Neil Young and girlfriend Daryl Hannah got married last weekend. The tabloid reported the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and the actress said, I do, last Saturday in the small central, central California city of Atascadero. So far, there's been no official confirmation regarding the nuptials from either Young or Hannah. The two have been dating since 2014 when Neil filed for divorce from Peggy Young, his wife of 36 years. Hot and humid again today. Uh, temperatures hitting around 90. Showers and thunderstorms may move in later this afternoon and this evening. It's 73 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's got sports. We're also going to be joined this morning by Josh Showey. He wrote an article in The Atlantic about uh, Chris Letang and how uh, Jim Rutherford looks at this season for him. Mark Madden joining us at 845 this morning as well. And uh, speaking of rats... Uh, you ta- I don't mean Mark Madden's a rat. I mean, <laughs> I mean the story I just did about rats being a good pet. Well, we talked to Billy Gardell about that not too long ago. If you are freaked out by the idea of a rat, people putting on the event say domestic rats are clean, social, and highly intelligent. I have heard they are very good pets. So. Wait, who's a good pet? A rat? Yes. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> You hear my father. Well, but what are you going to do, Bill? Put that on a leash. <laughs> no. Get it out of the house. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Unless that thing's cooking dinner. Uh, Get it out of here. That was always his thing, Val. You, you just, you could be trying to sell him on something you wanted to do. Like, uh, if you could just take us over to the, to the park, then, then, um, you know, um, Kinesi's dad will pick us up. And it, no, we're not doing that. No. Park's, park's closed. And there was just not an inch of give either. You know what I mean? I'm spineless compared to my father with my son. Oh. I'm Just spineless. I mean, I remember my uh, asking my dad what it was for dinner, and he'd go, FFY, fend for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> my dad calls it, uh, and he's called it this with Will since uh, Will was little, man, and Will now knows it. You know, you have those family Pittsburgh things. And when we're down there visiting, you know, of course, now my stepmom, Dory, who's just the best she's grandma awesome. in the world. She's the, the best grandma in the world to my son. I mean, she's just... 
she's like a grandma out of the movies. You know what I yeah, mean? He just wanders around. Angelic. Yeah, he literally wanders around with Cheeto dust and hot chocolate on his face constantly <laughs> when he's around her while she's making him cookies, you know. But but when she goes to the store and my wife goes to the store together and then they're out of the house and my father's on that couch, <laughs> he's just since Will was, he started this with Will when Will was five. And I go, Will, you're under martial law. Don't ask for nothing. I'm not getting you nothing. You're under martial law. So now when he's down there, even Will will go, oh, man, it's martial law. And he's home there by himself. <laughs> Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash is being granted a temporary restraining order against a man he claims tried to gain access to his house. According to multiple sources, the unwelcome man tried to convince Slash's girlfriend that he was a friend so he could get into uh, the house during a Super Bowl party. I would love to be at Slash's Super Bowl party. Me too. What if it's just Slash and just some, like, stale Tostitos and guacamole? Uh, The same guy reportedly returned two weeks later and was once again uh, trying to get into a house party by claiming he was a friend. On both occasions, the guy allegedly got pissed off the first time destroying Slash's security camera. Do you know where you are? You're at Slash's house! (laughs) Get out! You're gonna die! uh, Paul, Paul, uh... Yeah, yeah, Paul. Why am I drawing a Paul blank Stanley. Stanley? I was going to say Paul, Paul Simon. Do you know where you are? DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Citizens Bank. The Steelers' new return specialist was in town yesterday, and on the practice field on the south side, Ryan Switzer hopes he can play Thursday night in the preseason finale against Carolina. In fact, he expects to. Mike Tomlin said yesterday the goal is to get him up to speed enough to play against the Panthers. Special teams coach Danny Smith said, well, I hope so, but we got to wait and see. Yeah, just throw him out there, see what he can do. You know, why not? It is <laughs> Preseason. I, I, it was fascinating hearing the disparity between Tomlin's explanation and Smith's explanation of how difficult this is to go from one team to another this late. Yes, they do have schemes on returns, but it's still – catch the ball and run to where the guys aren't. I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel. So I I imagine they'll figure out a way to get that done. Uh, It has been uh, an interesting brush through the NFL for Switzer so far. He was a fourth-round pick of the Cowboys last year, and he has been twice discarded since then. But he's still in demand, at least from the Steelers' perspective. Yeah, I'm trying to live the positive. Obviously, it's it's not ideal to get traded twice in offseason. You know, I can either sit here and try to pinpoint where things went wrong or I can look at the positive and, and realize that someone traded for me. And, you know, ultimately all I can do is control what I can control, try to make a name for myself, show value, and, and hopefully find a home. Now, he's, he's going to show value because he's not going to be Juju Smith-Schuster or Antonio Brown when he's returning kickoffs or punts. So that's value. Anything he does beyond that is going to be gravy. You're not a big star, kid, but you're really important here you know, in, this, in this position. If you can just go back there and be credible, we don't have to risk the really good players yeah. doing what you're going to do. Just don't screw up. Yeah, that's it. That's Pretty much. It. Uh, not, uh, not an unreachable star uh, for Ryan Switzer, who, uh, boy, is he a small guy. They list him at 5'8", 183. Uh, he must be fearless to play in the NFL at his size. Well, how big is A.B.? He's not very big, is he? Uh, he's bigger than this guy. Yeah? Yeah. He's not very big, but he'd be fierce. 
He is. What's that Shakespeare line? I don't know. Though he'd be small, he'd be mighty or something. <laughs> i got to brush up on my Shakespeare. Uh, Randy Figner, the offensive coordinator, uh, contemplating yesterday what the Steelers are going to do with Le'Veon Bell when he gets here next week as anticipated. Uh, Bell showed up the week before the Cleveland uh, the week before the Cleveland opener last year and uh, the anticipation all along has been that he'll do that again but uh, given the preseason that James Conner has had what do the Steelers do when Bell gets here has Conner's uh, elevated play uh, convinced the Steelers that maybe uh, they shouldn't lean on Le'Veon Bell very heavily upon his return until Le'Veon Bell gets himself up to speed that's a hard question because it's a Lavio. I mean, it's Lavio and Bill. Um, um, you'd like to think that um, uh, he'll be in good shape, but we have to evaluate that where he's at, conditionally, uh, health, things like that. Uh, I think just you know using him in the best way to help us win early will be the most important thing because there's going to be some things that he can do that just quite frankly most people can't do uh, that plays his position um, but that's not anything against the, the running backs that have uh, gone through training camp with us because I think they've done a heck of a job including James Now they've got uh, veteran Stephen Ridley in the picture at running back as well Ridley was back practicing yesterday and he's got an established NFL track record it, nice to have him back. He's got energy. You know, you know, the first thing you see with a guy that's been, missed some time is how much use they got. You know, you realize that some of these guys have been going uh, day, 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 and haven't missed a day that, to those guys that have been injured that took a little time off. Now, all of a sudden, they're fresh. They're running around. They look, they look like a million dollars. He's a veteran. Does that compensate for the time he's missed? No doubt. I mean, he should be able to. Um, take advantage of like mental reps um, you know he's had game reps he's played in games for us so uh, it'd be good just to have him back this week yeah the way this worked last year uh, Bell was really average the first three games mm-hmm. and then week four against Baltimore he had 144 yards and two touchdowns and he was pretty much very very good after that and uh do they just kind of anticipate, all right, it's going to take them one, two, three weeks to get going again? Uh, do they lean lean back and, and, and ease him in anticipating that? Or since Le'Veon Bell's a guy that uh, seems to get better as games go on and as seasons go on, do you just pile on the touches and the carries right away and say, hey, work yourself through it. The more times we give you the ball, the faster. The more touches you get, the better you're going to be. The faster you'll be who we think you can be. Here's uh, Randy Feekner contemplating that yesterday. I'm not sure. I think I just have to see. You know, we get a bonus Monday. Um, uh, hopefully he'll be in. Um, if, he, if the day he gets here, we'll have to make those determinations and just see just where he's at. But the expectation would be that you know he's a uh, he's always been in good shape. Uh, he's always taking care of his body, and I know it's important to him. He's talking about the bonus Monday. They'll practice on Labor Day, which uh, a lot of weeks in the regular season they don't practice on Monday because you're coming off a game on Sunday. Not a problem this time, Val, because the preseason ends tomorrow night. When uh, when do the cuts start? Tomorrow? Uh, uh, after the game, uh, the deadline is 4 p.m. Saturday. I would assume that uh, some of them will be done Friday and some of them will be done on Saturday. And then that's the final roster. That's Well, that's the final 53, but they can still change it. That's, that, that gets you from the preseason to the regular season. They can still change it as they go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny, uh, getting to 53, There, a lot of times you cut down and, okay, he can't make it, he can't mm-hmm. make it. 
I started doing it the other way this year. Building up instead of breaking down. Okay, Ben's on the team. That's one. (laughs) Uh, Antonio Brown, he's good enough. That's two. And just kind of looking at each guy case by case. Yeah. And I can't get to 53. Wow. There's not enough. Well, and and the guys at the end, the running back, defensive back, wide receiver, and linebacker are the areas that are kind of up for grabs still. And it's not that the guys at the the bottom end of the depth chart on those positions are terrible, but there aren't standouts. Mm -hmm. This is still a team you got X number of really star caliber players, and then a lot of guys that are kind of just there. Are there guys who are hurt that might come back tomorrow night? I don't know about tomorrow night, but they'll uh, be ready for the opener. Well, you hope. You hope. hope. Uh, Mike Tomlin has not had to say anything about injuries in the preseason. Once the regular season gets here, they have to start being more specific on who practiced and mm-hmm. who didn't. So we'll we'll learn a lot more next week about a player such as Vance McDonald, who seems to be okay, uh, but hasn't been practicing. They they've been uh, really managing Antonio Brown. They don't want anything to happen to him, and mm-hmm. he had that quad problem in camp. So uh, I, I suspect there's a lot of that been going on, and uh, that'll go away once the regular season gets here. It's funny though, too. Josh Dobbs is going to start at quarterback. And uh, the assumption from a lot of people all along, myself included, has been that they will not keep four quarterbacks. But he's looked very good this year relative to where he was last year. And if you factor ahead that next year Landry Jones might not be here because this is the last year of his contract, next year you might want your quarterback stable to be Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Josh Dobbs. Yeah. I've got my roster to 54 players. Now i got to get rid of one more. But Josh Dobbs is still on it. Oh. I'm not rolling out four quarterbacks yet. Uh, do other teams keep four? Very rarely. Steelers, I, if, I don't know if you caught uh, Bob Labriola's uh, Steelers report today. The Steelers haven't done this since 1995. But I think, if to my previous point, if they keep Dobbs, I don't think they'd be cutting a fantastic player to make room right. for him. Yeah. It's just kind of a question if you, if you can philosophically handle – keeping a guy that you know there's no way in hell he's going to play this year. But you're keeping him around for the future. No, yeah, he might light it up tomorrow. You never know. He might. I tell you what, he, he's, to his credit, I don't know what's going to happen to him if he's going to get caught or traded or whatnot, but he has really improved from last year to this year. Now he had a long way to go. He wasn't very, <laughs> he wasn't very good last year. But he's he is a smart kid, and he's got some talent, and he's getting it. Uh, he'll get the ball Thursday night. We know that much. Pirates lose to the Cardinals 5-2. to two. They're 64-68, and 68, four games under 500, and they've now lost 19 of 30 since that 11-game winning streak. Game two in St. Louis tonight, Trevor Williams against Miles Mikolas. Very good. Thanks, Mike. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about one frisky dolphin who kept swimmers out of the water. Uh, that's on the way. It's a DVE morning show. Now, we talked yesterday about the fact that just picking up a hobby is a great way to kickstart your happiness. Okay. I don't know Depends why. on the hobby. I would think so, Plucking yeah. Plucking your eyebrows. <laughs> uh, that's a short-lived hobby. leads mm-hmm. to more unhappiness. <laughs> 75% of us do have at least one hobby we participate in regularly. 25% couldn't think of one single hobby they might be interested in. Mine's called paying the mortgage. I find yeah. that, you know, that's just something that, that, that consumes a lot of my time. <laughs> um, some hobbies they say used to be popular, which I'm going to disagree with this list because a lot of these haven't gone out of the st- of style, but I think a lot of them have come back in style, okay. these hobbies. Model trains. 
Mm. Not into that. Boring. No. <laughs> I yeah. know where they're going. You know. <laughs> In a circle. Yeah. Uh, quilting and embroidery. Shoot me. <laughs> I don't know how this is a hobby. Astrology. Give me. The, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pluck yeah, the this eyebrows. Is <laughs> all I got. This is my choices. Fixing up old cars. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right, I'll take that. Yeah. That's. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't. Ever since the carburetor went away, I'm done. I'm, yeah. Like I. Like I. I learned on technology that doesn't exist anymore. Everything's fuel injected. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you pick up the hood of your computer. car. It just be like. Call the guy. There should just be a sign. <laughs> you got to reflash everything. And yeah. I got an old car. My my daily driver is a 1970 Buick Electra 225. Oh, cool. Huge. It's 18 <laughs> oh, feet, awesome. five inches long. Oh, my God. I got three that's garages at my house. It doesn't fit in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I painted it black cherry metallic. I dropped the suspension, smoked out the windows, and I drive around Santa Monica, California. I play Parliament Funkadelic, and I scare white people. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Center 11. It's 74 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is unblocking more Twitter users who criticized him. A federal judge ruled last May that preventing people from following the president on Twitter was a violation of their constitutional rights. Trump has over 54 million Twitter followers and has blocked many critics, preventing them from responding to his tweets. Seven of those blocked users filed a lawsuit and were unblocked in June. Earlier this month, a First Amendment group from Columbia University sent the Justice Department a list of 41 Twitter accounts that were still blocked by Trump. About 20 of those individuals said Tuesday they had been unblocked by the president. Forty percent of Americans believe they are underpaid. A new Gallup poll shows only 5% of Americans think they make too much money, while 50% believe they'd get just the right amount for what they do. The poll also showed showed people who thought they were underpaid weren't necessarily unhappy with their job. 85% said they were very satisfied with what they do. And in a related story, a new study says 4 in 10 Americans are struggling to pay their basic needs. The report from the Urban Institute says nearly half of all American households are having trouble paying for groceries and housing. Researchers found that despite the economy being near full employment, almost 40 percent of adults between 18 and 64 said they experienced material hardship in 2017. The study found many of those experiencing hardship were middle class families struggling with health care costs. Co-author of the study told CBS News the findings suggest a middle-class income may not guarantee protection from hardship. Well, swimming is once again allowed at a beach in northern France after it was banned because of a frisky dolphin. The dolphin nicknamed Zafar has been long known in the area, but lately he's been getting a bit sexually aggressive with swimmers. It got so bad the mayor of Landevenek has banned the swimming in the area when the dolphin is out on the prowl. If you were caught swimming, you could have been fined 45 bucks. But as of Monday, seems the uh, dolphin has apparently moved on, looking for uh, looking for love in other places, not the wrong places. Comedian Pete Davidson says he tried to drown himself when he was a child. The Saturday Night Live cast member told People magazine he was in fourth or fifth grade and was battling mental illness when he attempted it. He also revealed he's been in and out of mental health facilities since he was nine. Davidson has previously revealed that he has borderline personality disorder and he went to rehab in 2016 to get help for mental breakdowns.
Harvey Weinstein has asked a judge to throw out Ashley Judd's lawsuit against him. His lawyers filed papers to dismiss the case, according to TMZ, arguing she can't prove that he blackballed her out of a huge role. But in documents obtained by TMZ, his lawyers claim her suit is based on a 2017 article where director Peter Jackson speculated Ashley wasn't hired for a Lord of the Rings role due to Weinstein blackballing her. In her suit, Ashley says Weinstein torpedoed her career because she rejected his sexual advances in a hotel room. He says the alleged incident was neither severe nor pervasive. Finally, Eddie Murphy going to be a father for the 10th time. The 57-year-old Murphy and his partner, Australian actress Paige Butcher, made the announcement yesterday in a statement by the actor and comedian's rep. The baby that's due in December is the second for Murphy and the 39-year-old Butcher. They've been together for six years. Another hot and humid day today. Showers and thunderstorms probably going to roll in later this afternoon and evening 90 for the high once again today at 74 at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta has sports at the bottom of the hour, and we will be joined by Josh Yoey of The Athletic. I keep saying The Atlantic every time somebody from The Athletic is on, but Josh Yoey from The Athletic going to be joining us at 8.15. He wrote an article about Chris Letang. Uh, he talked to Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford about him and his role this upcoming season, so that's on the way. It's a DVE morning show. A new pizza restaurant in Mountain View, California, is pushing the limits of robotics and artificial intelligence by having machines replace humans in the kitchen. Zoom Pizza has robots pressing the dough, spreading sauce, then lifting the pizza in and out of the oven. The technology is so advanced, it also keeps track of what customers order and predicts the pizza they might want before it's even ordered. Oh, don't. Yeah, but I I always feel like places can predict what I want. I order from like five places and they all know what I want. They're like yeah. address. And as soon as I start to say it or whatever, they'll be like, uh oh, oh, did you want oh your usual? And then I order enough for like three people, and, and it's only me. <laughs> Do you and the fake guy, them out? I, oh yeah, all the time. Honey, the food's here. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Why? Why do you do that? Because I don't think I'm so lonely. <laughs> and why is this single I'm guy not eating my feelings? Food? Yeah, no, this guy—he's got a fulfilled life. Honey, tell the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Call them for supper. <laughs> tell them to stop playing hide and go seek and come on down. <laughs> Dinner yeah. time, kids. The low main is here for the baby, kids. <laughs> Next time you should just panic, like in front of them. Kids, come on out. Kids. 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 Where are the kids? It's an EVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Mike Brasuda. Randy sick today. Bill off today. We're joined now by Josh Yoey of The Athletic. Had a chance to sit down and talk with Penguin General Manager Jim Rutherford. And uh, how are you today, Josh? Uh, good, Val. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us this morning. So, not a great season for Chris Letang last year, but based on your interview with Jim Rutherford, seems like he has high hopes moving uh, forward into the season. Yeah, he certainly does. And um, no, Letang didn't have a great year. Everybody knows that. And as I mentioned in my article yesterday, uh, Letang's the kind of guy. You know, there's nothing subtle about him. When he screws up, the whole arena notices. Uh, everybody watching on TV notices he he's just one of those players he always has been all of his mistakes uh, seem to be exaggerated almost and uh, uh yeah the biggest takeaway and the penguins have been saying this for a while uh, the guy had neck surgery pretty serious neck surgery in april of 2017 he didn't get to work out all summer 
He's a workout freak. Um, he takes care of his body so well. And I don't think he was ever comfortable last year as a result. He just really wasn't able to prepare for the season at all. So I don't know if at age 31 he's ever going to be quite the player he was five years ago. But uh, I suspect he will be better this season. And Jim Rutherford certainly thinks that. Josh, the, the physical part of that uh, it's a legitimate point but he's always been a guy as well that kind of zones out mentally Mm -hmm. has it been your experience that guys that have his number of years in the league can sort of see the light eventually and and have a significant change in terms of their approach and their decision making and and things of that nature because that that stuff gets them in trouble too right no, that's the biggest thing with him, Mike. Uh, I'm not saying Chris is an idiot because some people say that and that's not fair, but he's not a cerebral player. He, he's always been special because of his physical attributes. And you do wonder as he gets into his 30s and as the physical attributes start to drop off a little bit, will he have the, the wherewithal on the ice to, to still be a great player, to use his mind a little more and his legs a little less? I don't know. That's a fair question, and and that's the thing when you when you look at Chris, it's not like he all of a sudden couldn't skate last season or anything like that. It was it was the mental blunders that he made. Uh, we all go back to Game Five in Washington when the Penguins probably played their best game of the playoffs. They were up three two in the third period, and they were dominated in that game. And then two mental errors led to two Washington goals, and the Penguins never really recovered. So no, that that's your concern with him moving forward absolutely and that kind of personifies who the penguins are right we've heard mike sullivan talk since he got here about we don't want to take the stick out of these guys hands but we want them to play smart we don't want to be high risk some of them are so good that they don't see the downside to what they want to try in a given instant right and maybe they overrate their own ability to work through a situation that would best be handled with caution rather than bravado no, I think that's a, that's a very fair point, and you're right. Chris is the ultimate example of that. And when I think of the Penguins last season, I think, you know, they just took so many chances. If you want to pick one reason why they lost to the Capitals, I would literally estimate the Capitals had five more odd man rushes per game in that series than the Penguins. They really did. The Penguins were so aggressive, it was out of control. And I would think Chris was perhaps the biggest culprit in all of that. Uh, he absolutely was. And it makes me wonder if Mike Sullivan will alter his system at all and try to put the reins in on these guys a little bit. And, yes, uh, Chris is the ultimate example when it's working. It's beautiful to watch. It looks unstoppable, but it didn't always work last season. Josh, God bless you for saying that, because if I hear one more person say they didn't beat the Caps because of secondary scoring. Oh, my God. They had leads (laughs) and they blew them. I mean, yeah, secondary scoring is great, but if you're harder to, to score against, you don't need as much of it. Yeah, it's the playoffs. You're not going to score five goals a game. That, that, that's the way it is in the National Hockey League. And the Penguins were so irresponsible with the puck. They took so many chances. Um, you're going to beat some teams doing that. You can still beat the Flyers doing that because they're not that good. When you play a good team like the Capitals, however, it's a little different. Just because Tom Kunockel didn't score any goals, uh, that, that's not why they didn't win that series. Yeah. Pretty sure he didn't score any goals in the postseason the year before either, by the way. So the off-season moves, uh, were those designed to create a little more of a stable team or was it just kind of, hey, this is what they could get with what they had to spend and they'll figure out how to best utilize it moving forward? Well, a little bit of everything. I think Matt Cullen 
specifically was brought in. Yes, Jim Rutherford likes him, but also when you think of a stable kind of hockey player who, who, who makes good decisions, who can be trusted in the third period of a playoff game with the lead, you think of a guy like Matt Cullen. I think that's exactly one of the reasons they brought him in. Uh, Jack Johnson, you know, that was different. That's clearly a guy that Jim Rutherford had his eye on that they, they think can help them. Do I, do I think they needed to give Jack a five-year contract to get him to come to Pittsburgh? No. Uh, I think three years would have been more than sufficient personally because he's not been very good the last couple of years. But they, they certainly think he has the potential to rebound. When, and he's going to work with Sergey Gontra. That certainly has paid dividends with Justin Schultz and Jamie Alexiak in particular. And he would be, so, a st- at his best, he would be a guy who stabilizes things in his own end, correct? Johnson. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, Johnson is a talented hockey player who you know, theoretically should fit in with his skill set. Um, and, and he does have a better coaching staff to work with now, I believe, than he did in Columbus. He didn't have a very good relationship with John Tortorella in his last year there. So, Wow, that, that's rare, huh? Yeah, right. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, I, and I'm, even though Mike Sullivan and John Tortorella are very close and he was Torch's right-hand man for a long time, I think we can agree uh, he knows how to work with players a little better than Torts does, certainly at this stage. So I, I'm really curious to see how Jack fits in. And they're not asking him to be a you know top two defenseman on this team. If he's a good number five defenseman, that's all they want. You going to the skate today? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It'll be the right thing to do. You guys don't take any time off, do you? No, not really. Although the last couple of months I've gotten a little bored. So, you know. You want to get but, back but that, in it. I, I called Jim Rutherford yesterday. He said, why the hell are you calling me? It's still August. I said, well, I'm, I'm bored, Jim. And he said, me too. Well, so. training camp starts the 14th, right? Uh, yeah, that's so, correct. So just a little over two weeks away, first preseason game, the 8th at the Sabres, and then regular season starts October 4th at home against the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. It's coming. It faster is. than you think. Thank God. Hockey's back. Thanks, uh, thanks, Joshua. It never leaves. Well, kinda, yeah. You mean, we had like a month off, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Long enough for Josh to get bored. That's right. <laughs> you jo- got Josh Joey from the Athletic. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, psyched yeah. for pens. Appreciate it, Josh. Thank you. Uh, uh, and uh, psyched to get into some real football. We got one more pretend game to play tomorrow night, and uh, Mike Pursuit has got full sports report. That's up next. It's the DVE Morning Show. Difference. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of four DVE Sports. New return man Ryan Switzer was on the practice field with the Steelers yesterday. That was something of an accomplishment given where Switzer was coming from. I found out yesterday they pulled me out of the team meeting. Um, Reggie told me I was I was traded to you know Pittsburgh. One of I was traded to Pittsburgh and. Uh, Caught the red eye last night, got in at 6.30 this morning, been doing physicals and all that stuff. So got here for walkthroughs and just practice. So, so you haven't exhaled yet? No, not yet. I need to, I need to get back to the hotel, call my wife, and kind of kind of rest my feet. It's pretty amazing. You come from the Raiders to the Steelers. Okay, fly all night, go right to the facility, get to it. Got a get game. to work, buddy. Got a game Thursday, kid. Time to... Time to start figuring things out. Uh, the Steelers' defense has been trying to do that all preseason, really ever since uh, the collapse last December and then uh, again in January against Jacksonville. 
And uh, it was a pretty good performance the last time out in the preseason. That 16-6 win over Tennessee last Saturday uh, featured some dominating stuff from the defense in the first two-plus quarters when the first-team guys were playing. But uh, they also got away with one. Tennessee's first possession of the game, third and eight from the Tennessee 48-yard line. Uh, Wide receiver Corey Davis wound up all alone down the middle, and quarterback Marcus Mariota couldn't get him the ball. The pass was a little short, and it fell incomplete. Uh, Said Mariota, quote, they busted a coverage. We should have made the most of that one. You know, it's right down the middle. Uh, It was a touchdown waiting to happen, but it didn't. My suspicion is that uh, Davis broke off his route when he saw there was nobody in the middle, and Mariota might have seen it uh, a second or two late and just wasn't able to get the ball deep enough down the field to take advantage of it. But uh, from coordinator Keith Butler's perspective, uh, the coverage wasn't uh, busted, as Mariota maintained. It's just that the Steelers really didn't play it very well. He was kind. You know, we just we didn't play the coverage very well. He did, he did a good job of throwing it in there, too, so... It was a common route versus a, a very common defense that we were in at the time, and they took advantage of it. Correctable mistake? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got to stop calling that freaking defense. <laughs> in that situation. Yeah, if they can't do it any better than they did it then, it's probably not a good idea to try it again. Number one pick, Terrell Edmonds, was on the field at that juncture. He was once again replacing... Morgan Burnett at strong safety. He's done that a lot, uh, Edmonds has, this preseason. Uh, Presumably, Burnett will be back for the regular season. Uh, The Steelers uh, still have a plan uh, regarding how they're going to use Edmonds even when Burnett returns. Yeah, we do. Are we going to see him on defense? You'll see him. You're just not going to tell us what package? Not telling you. I think he's very knowledgeable of the game. He's got a real good knowledge of the game. I think he uh, uh, he's fundamentally sound and getting better. And uh, uh, there's a lot of upside to him. I think his, you know, Mike talks about pedigree all the time. Uh, this guy comes from a family that's a football family, and so he's used to he's used to the NFL. You know, he's got brothers playing in the NFL. His dad played in the NFL. His mom was a was a uh, track star. So, uh, you know, he's been around the game all his life, so it, it comes easy to him. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds uh, looks like he has uh, the physical gifts. He appears to be uh, totally engaged mentally. Uh, he is uh, learning and growing as we proceed through the preseason. He looks like a guy that needs to be on the field. That's I like that kid. Yeah, that's I why they does dra- well. That's why they drafted him. Uh, the question is, uh, how often is he going to be on the field and where is he going to be on the field? Uh, we heard linebacker Bud Dupree say this week that he thinks that uh, rotating Edmonds with Morgan Burnett at strong safety is a possibility. Keith Butler wouldn't rule that out yesterday. We can do a lot of things. So it is conceivable. It is conceivable. Is it likely? It's conceivable. <laughs> Are there challenges associated with giving a rookie playing time working with an established There's always a challenge to to take a rookie and ask him to play several different positions. And, uh, uh, you know, Morgan Burnett uh, has been around the league for a while, okay, and uh, Sean's been around the league for, uh, for three years, and he's, he's made some different uh, – or played some different positions – 
positions we call. You know, we have names for our positions, and uh, when we ask them to play different positions, maybe it changes them up a little bit in terms of their learning ability. It relies a lot on their learning ability. It relies a lot on how much they've been listening to their coach when he talks to other people. And uh, that's the reason I'm, I've always, as a, as a position coach, I've always been on my players to listen to what I'm telling another player because I don't have to repeat it twice. If he hears it, then it should apply to him too. So uh, I think uh, all in all, we're going to have to have some guys who can, who can play different positions, Edmund, conceivably. Edmund's a good pay attention guy? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Keith Butler's been trying to keep the cards close to the vest. All, yeah, he seems a little tight-lipped. All preseason. Val, when I'm interviewing him, I feel like uh, a prosecuting attorney. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get the guy to reveal something. Confess. Isn't it true that you drafted this guy to play? <laughs> Conceivably. I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> we'll know soon enough. Cleveland game's coming up. It'll all be on display then. Sounds good. Last chance to see the some of those guys tomorrow night. Yes, and... For a couple of them, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Five two Cardinals over to Bucks last night. Pirates are eleven and nineteen since their eleven game winning streak in July. Uh, they're in St. Louis again tonight. Trevor Williams against Miles Mikolas. You got to do better than two runs and six hits. Yeah. Got to do a lot better. You know, so they've, they've struggled. At a lot of things. They've struggled since that uh, winning streak because the offense has, for the most part, gone away. Pitching's still pretty good. Wasn't good last night, but uh, they've got that to sort of rally around if uh, they're so inclined the rest of the year. All right. Thanks, Maybe Mike. they won't be because maybe nobody's paying attention anymore. Yeah, a lot of people aren't. Um, but Mark Madden, a little change in the schedule this morning. He usually joins us at 945, but he's up next on the DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Mike Pursuta. Randy sick today, Bill off today, but joining us in a special time. Same day, special time, Mark Madden. Glad to have you with us, Mark. I always felt that Randy and Bill held the show back. I really enjoyed <laughs> today's broadcast without them. Seems a little more streamlined. I was going to use that exact same word. <laughs> streamlined, yeah, that's that's the word I would I would use as well. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, I, I have an article in the Trib today at the Trib website about... Uh, about Lev Bell and just the potential for for his his presence in season to to be toxic. Uh, Trev, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it's different than last year when he came to camp late. But he knew he'd be a stealer not only last year but this year as well. Now he knows he won't be a stealer next year. He's not only going to be coming late, but he'll have one foot out the door when he gets here. I kind of wonder how that'll affect him. Uh, I, I know he needs a good year to get a big contract, but I'm not sure if Lev Bell thinks that far ahead. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I think he's going to be a pro about it because I think he is a competitor and wants to win. I hope so. I think he does need the big year to have a big contract. Marquise Pouncey brought that up coming to training camp. But he's gotten some bad guidance uh, before, hasn't he? Yeah, my biggest concern is still injury. I know he got away with it last year. But I think guys go to training camp for a reason. And I know guys who go to training camp get hurt, too. There's not an absolute, you know, to avoid injury, well, yeah, you but do you, but this. You're, but, but you're working up to playing in the games. Yeah. And you're getting into the proverbial football shape. So I, You can do I, all the box jumping you want and all the crap that he's on. not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. So, no, I agree with that. I, I just, and there's no doubt about his physical abilities. I just kind of wonder about, uh, for example, will he want a lesser workload to preserve his body for free agency? 
will that manifest itself if he finds oh. himself headed to 406 touches again this coming season? And what will he say about it? Yeah, I think he's going to want more of a... I think the bigger potential for issue is if they decide James Conner's pretty good now and they can ease him in. I think he's going to squawk the other way. Give me the ball, give yeah. me the ball, give me the ball. I don't know. Well, I think he might squawk no matter what happens because I think he likes to squawk. Yeah. Plus, I'm looking forward to his first drug test. He does like to squawk. <laughs> yeah. And and what about He's this, not above pouting. What about this notion that James Conner, like Ben said, has earned playing time? I just don't see that. No, I don't either. Why do you think Ben said it? Because I have my theory. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, maybe I think he, he said it to tell Le'Veon Bell you better be ready when you get here. Yeah, to motivate him. Perhaps. And uh, to kind of pump Conner's tires, too. I mean, yeah. i, I got to give Conner credit. He came to camp by all accounts in great shape. He's changed his body. He's been more. He's more ready this year to yeah. play in the NFL than he ever has been before. That, and, he, and yet he is a far cry from Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he, he's a number two back. Yeah. I think that's his his high watermark. Not only now, but moving forward, I think those people who think that he can carry the load next year when Bell's gone, I, I think he could be a one A. I'm not sure he could be yeah. a one. Do, he could be part of a tandem, I think. Yes, but not now. <laughs> right. No, no reason Certainly for him not. to be now. Certainly not now. I always think, and, and it always sounds rotten when I say this, but, you know, with, with James... It sounds Con- rotten when you say a lot of stuff. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Kind of part of my charm. Uh, Connor... It Con- is, actually. Connor, Connor being the pit kid and the cancer kid and the kid who recovered from the knee, I think his story causes us to overestimate his ability. I, I'm not going to say you're wrong on that. I will say he is better this year. Appreciably, you can see it. He's more versatile. Right. He's in better shape. Doing much better catching passes out of the backfield. Has clearly not only progressed physically, but boned up mentally on that part of the game. I just like his his starting point last year was pretty far away from what you need to be. No no question. No question about that. There were reasons for that, but it was what it was. And uh, his tires deserve to be pumped, but that that doesn't mean you're going to get the ball 15 times and Bell's going to get it 16. What What do you make of this Braun injury? Uh, that they're, he, they're just real quiet about it. I'm not. I'm not. You know. Uh, you know, implying that there's more to it than meets the eye. I just find it weird that he's working out in a public gym in Wexford with James Harrison instead of you know under the watchful eye of the Steelers staff at uh, the South Side. Yeah, the the on the field stuff on the South Side. Randy Figner talked about that yesterday. There's a pitch count and they're managing him, and they don't want him doing too much. Perfectly understandable in a meeting because he period. is a guy. One thing I've always given, and everybody does. A.B.'s one of the hardest workers ever, yeah. and I think he has to be protected from himself in that regard sometime, particularly now that he's 30 years old. Yeah, and he is getting older, and while he's put up remarkable seasons, and I expect another one this year, they're not going to go on forever, and the older you get, the more you have to manage stuff and, and work to prevent stuff and just be smarter. Well, see, that's what makes this year so interesting to me because... He's two out of three on those. Well, right, well, with, with Ben, you know a lot closer to the end than he is the middle. And with A.B. 30 years old, and with Bell this being his last season, this feels like their last best chance. Not their last chance, but their last best chance. Yeah, I think as long as Roethlisberger's here, the, the window's open. Um, well, I don't think Bell, uh, Ron's going to go to pieces next year either. But, but, no. But it just feels like with Bell here. He, Roethlisberger has looked really good this preseason. I know, and, and he talk about another guy who came to camp in great shape. I don't know if, and I'm not trying to imply that he's been Lottie Don his way through camp the last couple of years, but he just looks more engaged, sharper, better physically, uh, more fired up about it. I don't know if it's because they drafted Mason Rudolph and that lit a fire, or they got rid of Todd Haley 
And that I think that that's allowed him to put start out a fire, enjoying life again. <laughs> but he keeps bringing up the line, and uh, you know it's funny. One day at practice, they had uh, Darius Hayward Bay, Trey Griffey, and Justin Hunter as the top three receivers for whatever reason. And I was just kind of laughing. Hey, how'd you like that at Cleveland? And and he just said, "Hey, as long as those five guys are in front of me, we'll make it work." Uh, well, if, actually, if they keep a good line. If, the reason Ben might ultimately leave is that the team deteriorates around him, not that he deteriorates and doesn't want to do it anymore. I, I agree. Let me ask you this about that line, though. It was put forth yesterday by a couple people. B.J. Finney might be better than Ramon Foster at this point. I agree. You think he should play ahead of Ramon Foster, and well, is that a possibility? I don't think it's a precipitous drop-off. I think actually Finney's a little better, but Foster's good enough. And I think Finney is more valuable this year as the interior back The swing guy. Because I think he is way better at that than Foster. We just haven't seen Foster do that. Well, you're right. He he probably could not at I this mean, point in his career. He fools around and practices a couple snaps a day or whatever. But I, I think Finney can play all three of those interior positions. What? They're they're stronger with Foster as the guard and Finney in reserve than they would be the other way around. What uh, what about Chooks? Is he good enough to be the the number three tackle? <laughs> I guess we're finding out. Well, I mean, I mean, how's he looked? I mean, I, I hear yeah. honestly mixed reviews. I hear some people say he's looked really good, but that smacks of wishful thinking. I hear some people say up and down, like you would expect from a rookie. Well, I know this. We've seen him play both sides in the preseason. It hasn't fallen apart. Did you see the Green Bay game? Yes. Number sixty-eight, Jake Rogers, could not block number ninety-three for Green Bay. It was turnstile city. Uh, we haven't seen that out of Chooks. Okay, so it, ha- it hasn't been off the charts, obviously awful. And they started working him as that uh, third tackle, extra tight end thing last game, which leads me to believe he's progressing. But it's it, is it comfortable to have a rookie being your backup swing tackle? Absolutely not. Well, I mean, that, that it goes to show really what a fine line it is when – when you lost Hubbard to free agency, which we knew was going to happen because he was just terrific. Yes. And then Gerald Hawkins gets hurt. Like, you know, bang, bang. And all of a sudden, what was a strength becomes a, a big, big question yep. mark. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Filer's in the picture a little bit, too. He supposedly can play all the positions. But, boy, you'd rather have an established guy that's done it before, for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, that said, on offense, there aren't too many problems. I'm just – the defense still has me – and has everybody, I'm sure, wondering what's going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I, I keep debating. I keep getting told I'm full of crap. I would play three safeties and one inside backer. I would use uh, Terrell Edmonds or Morgan Burnett as the box safety. And if they want to run at you because of that, I could live with that. To me, that's better than them throwing at uh, Bince and uh, and uh, and Bostick all the time. Yeah, right? I, I don't uh, disagree with you, and I'm not ruling that out. I think... I'm willing it out to start the season, though. They don't seem interested right now, do they? They don't, but they haven't had a lot of their secondary guys available at the same time. One or two of them have been out. I also think for some reason they've been very adamant about not showing much. I don't know if they have a big surprise party planned for Todd Haley uh, in Cleveland. Well, that would be fun. What if he has a big surprise party planned? Oh, he does. No question. You're going to see stuff that we've never seen on a football field before. <laughs> Ain't much of it going to work. But, but yeah, it'll, like it'll be... maybe a run from the one-yard line. <laughs> uh, yeah, not from him anyway. So much is going to depend on what Vince Williams and John Bostick are able to do. And I don't think it's going to be much, particularly in coverage. Well, see, uh, here's my big worry for that Cleveland game. And I think that Cleveland game has potential to be a trap game. I think Pittsburgh will win because they always do. Yeah. And I think Ben will find a way and that offense will find a way. 
But I look at a guy like Jarvis Lander, who's probably the best slot receiver in recent memory, right? Pretty good. Well, isn't he going to run right at Bostick and, and Bince? Isn't he going to, like, you know, find them? Nah, he, he wouldn't be on them. They, they, they would be the tight ends or the backs. But the Browns might run right at them and see if they can stop the run. Cause the, I, I don't know. I mean, can't, can't, can't you, haven't done that in a while. Won't just slip Jarvis Lander into their zone of coverage? You know, if uh, if I'm the Steelers, I've got a, a, a back on him. I don't think you cover the him. The slot back like Hilton? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. I just, I just with those two inside backers, I just think the potential's there for things to get really screwy. Well, you know, I, it's funny because I keep hearing the Steelers are a Super Bowl team and they're a favorite and all this. I mean, they weren't really very good defensively after Shazier got hurt. Right. And then they were awful against Jacksonville. Right. I mean, hideous, off the charts bad. Right. And the changes they made were pretty subtle. You know, Morgan Burnett, decent signing. Not Ronnie Lott. Uh, Bostick <laughs> remains to be seen if he's going to help or not. Gets hurt a lot, too. Uh, Edmonds is a rookie. He's the number one pick. A lot he's of potential. A lot of potential, but, you know, why are people all of a sudden expecting the defense to be good? I, well, it, it is strange because... Uh, maybe it will. You know, they're going to try to change some things theoretically, and, and maybe some guys are going to be better than they were a year ago. To it, being healthier would help, but this is all theory. Well, Sports it, Illustrated picked the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, Colin Coward picked the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl. All the local guys are like, well, I don't know. Like, like I'm, not, yeah, I'm I, not dismissing the possibility. I'm not saying they can't, but I thought going into last year they were much more of an established favorite. Yes, I agree. Then again, I have my New England hits a wall theory, too. Yeah. I think New England one of these years is going to just be awful. Well, not awful. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Brady has a bad year and they go 8-8. Eight and eight. Or he gets his knee again or whatever. Or I something. But I, I just don't think they can be good or he can be good forever. Yeah. NFL's goofy, too, and usually between a third and a half of the teams that made the playoffs the year before don't. So there are always teams that are good that you didn't think were going to be good and vice versa. Sports Illustrated picks the Jets to make the playoffs. Wow. That'd be unbelievable. Guess they're trying to sell some Sports Illustrateds in New York. <laughs> did, did you just get back from Vegas? Not just a couple weeks ago, three oh. weeks ago. Did you see shows? Uh, I saw I saw uh, the last, I saw Whitesnake Headline, one of their few headlines oh, okay. shows, yeah. And I saw a group called Scrap Metal. Remember the Nel- Remember that group Nelson? Oh my gosh, the Nelson brothers. Yeah, they 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 get whatever musicians they can round up, and they do shows like with playing greatest hits. But it was good. They had they had Kip Winger doing you know the two Winger hits. They had uh, Barry, what's his name, Barry Gaudreau from Boston, the wow, guitar player. Yeah, him and Michael Sweet from Striper. He sings for Boston out too. I thought they, it was Johnny Gaudreau. They, no, from the Flames. They did two uh, two Boston songs. Derek St. Holmes did "Hey Baby" and "Cat Scratch Fever." Uh, that sounds like a fun show. The singer from 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 L.A. Guns was there. Mark Slaughter was there. Up wow. all night, sleep all day. Yeah, it was fun. It really was a lot of fun. Then the day next day, I was checking out the hotel, and uh, I was in. The, I was waiting for valet parking with uh, Gunner Nelson, Matthew and Gunner. So I introduced myself, and he was he was like a great guy. He was Ricky a great Nelson guy. Sons. Ricky Nelson's son. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> What's your so next show? Good. That sounds like a fun huh? show. What's your next show? My next show. Uh, uh, Health permitting, uh, well, no, next week, Glenn Hughes at Jurgles. Oh, doing, yeah. Doing the music Deep of Deep Purple. Purple. And then uh, if health permitting, because I'm, I'm a bit under the weather, uh, Vegas the week after that, doing the show from Vegas to see Queen with Adam Lambert. Oh, cool. You've seen them before, right? Yeah, really yeah. good. Really good. Listen to Mark Madden, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Or don't. What's, what's happening on your show today? No clue. You, no. <laughs> you got a couple hours to figure out. I wish it I knew. Out. Actually, I think we're doing this again. 
I, I think you might be right. We should have taped it, two for the price of one. <laughs> or maybe one for the price of two. Joe's got it, I'm sure. <laughs> Joe, did you ever check this? You know what? With our luck, if we did that, like there would be three cataclysmic developments with the Steelers today rendering the tape conversation <laughs> moot. <laughs> Uh, yes, listen to Mark this afternoon, 3 o'clock on 105.9 The X. It is the DV Morning Show. Jimmy Page scored a small victory Tuesday in his battle with his London neighbor, singer Robbie Williams, who wants to <laughs> install an indoor pool in his mansion. Uh, Jimmy claims the construction would damage his home, Tower House. He attended a planning committee meeting on Tuesday at Kensington Town Hall. He's construction is causing all sorts of vibrations <laughs> and it's scaring my 17 year old girlfriend <laughs> his next album is just sounds of construction from robbie williams house with him yelling over it come on robbie you really need an indoor pool now i'm just trying to do my black magic by myself and the vibrations are knocking Alistair's text off. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's nine minutes after nine at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 75 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Russian dissident Vladimir Karamurza will be a pallbearer for John McCain's memorial service on Saturday at the Washington National Cathedral. Some observers are saying the choice may be a dig at President Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Kyra Mirza has been a critic of Moscow and has survived a poisoning attempt. Kyra Mirza told Politico he was speechless and heartbroken when he got the request from McCain. He'll join other pallbearers like former Vice President Joe Biden, former Defense Secretary William Cohen, and actor Warren Beatty. Construction is underway on a record-breaking roller coaster at Kennywood. The Steel Curtain scheduled to open in 2019. Crews are taking advantage of the summer weather and have started installing the structure's main support. Once completed, the steel curtain will break the Pennsylvania record for the tallest roller coaster, the North American record for most inversions, and the world record for tallest inversion. So, coaster fans, we'll look forward to that. I will not get on that ever. <laughs> I'll watch and wave from the ground. Oreo cookies, you've gone too far. Uh, They are rolling out some hot new flavors in China. Literally hot. The iconic American brand says hot chicken wing and wasabi-flavored Oreos. Will hit store shelves soon in Asian markets instead of the traditional white cream filling. The hot wing uh, cookie features, you know, the bright orange like the buffalo wing sauce. And then wasabi Oreos will have a light green filling. Online reaction to the bold new flavors range from sounds interesting to absolutely disgusting. And one Oreos fan asked, are you guys just bored or stoned? I think they are definitely going over the over the line on the Oreo flavors. Let's dial it back a little there, guys. Uh, If there is ever a bad time to whip out the statement, that's what she said. Might be while you're getting arrested. 31-year-old Brandon McComas of Vero Beach, Florida, got pulled over on Monday night for not having a light over his license plate. According to the police report, when the officer walked up to his car, he noticed Brandon, quote, attempting to conceal a large bulge in his left front pocket. So the officer asked what the, quote, long cylindrical object in his pants was. That's when Brandon responded with, that's what she said. Turned out it was a pipe with some weed and uh, he was arrested on drug charges.
Metallica is debuting a new line of Nixon watches featuring images representing some of the band's classic albums. The albums include the Black Album, Kill Em All, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, and Justice for All, and Hardwired to Self-Destruct. The watches will be available November 5th, but fans can pre-order on the band's official website. Prices run from $150 to $500, and there's a limited edition sanitarium watch priced at $750. Access TV is set to celebrate Led Zeppelin's 50th anniversary with a full month of special programming in September. Celebration kicks off September 4th with a 2008 documentary It Might Get Loud featuring Jimmy Page, U2's The Edge, and Jack White. Additional programming includes a 1976 concert film, The Song Remains the Same, the big interview with Dan Rather featuring Robert Plant, and Robert Plant and the Sensational Space Shifters in Concert. That celebration ends September 29th with what the network is calling a Saturday stack of Led Zeppelin programming. And finally, Gene Simmons will be donating a percentage from each signed copy of his new book, 27, The Legend and Mythology of the 27 Club. That'll go to Suicide Prevention Hotline. 27 will be out on October 16th. Hot and humid, hazy today, showers and thunderstorms developing later on this afternoon and this evening. Back up around 90 again today. It's 76 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Randy's sick today. Uh, Bill Off and uh, Mike Pursuta, though, he's joining us at the bottom of the hour with sports talking Steelers as they get ready for the final preseason game tomorrow night. Another loss for the Penguins as uh, the Pirates as well. That's on the way in sports. It's a DV. Jimmy Schubert. Good morning. How are you? How are you, buddy? Great. Good, man. Good. It's good to see you. Hey, good, good to, to be back. Good to be here, man. I've been on a little bit of a run. I was just, I uh, went to, uh, I was over in Dubai for, I did like nine days over there. I was doing some shows in Dubai. But... I saw the stuff you were putting on Instagram from Dubai. That Amazing. That's, it's kind of a crazy territory over there. Yeah, it is. It's, Are you, you not know, allowed to drink? What, what's the deal? No, you can. You just got to know the right places, mm-hmm. like the hotels, mm-hmm. or like these international zones. But it's, traditionally, it's a Muslim country. You know, the guys are walking around in, in Arab garb, and women are walking around in burqas, you know. They got the burqas on, which I'm surprised hasn't really caught on more in this country, <laughs> just as like a fashion thing. Like, my hair's not done. I don't have my... Put the burqa on. We're just going for pizza. Let's go. Throw the burqa on. Let's go. Come on. Cupcake, let's go. We gotta run. For my eyebrows, I have to pluck my eyebrows. I haven't shaved my. Throw the burka on. Let's rock and roll. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort DVE Sports. The Steelers getting ready for the fourth and final preseason game Thursday night. Carolina at Pittsburgh, 7 30 at Heinz Field. That means we'll have the Pre-game show starting here at DVE at 3.30, and then the Steelers Radio Network pregame show beginning at 5.30. Josh, you and Labs and... Jerry D. Jerry D., yeah. Josh Dobbs will be the starting quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, I've still got him on my team. I haven't gotten it cut to 53 yet, but... Well, you're I, not cutting. You're building. I'm trying to build, yeah. I could conceivably see a way where they would keep four quarterbacks. That would be out of the norm, but I think this might be a year where the circumstances are kind of conspiring that would allow them to do that if they are so inclined. Uh, We don't know if Josh Dobbs will be on the team after the final cut to 53 on Saturday. One guy who hasn't been on the team but will be is return man Ryan Switzer. The Steelers uh, swinging a trade with the Raiders this week to bring Switzer aboard. All he's got to do is 
return kickoffs and punts and prevent Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown from having to do that stuff. Yeah. He can just be credible at it. And right. Just don't screw up. And he'll be helping said them. said it earlier. Uh, he is in a difficult position in that uh, he played for Dallas last year. He was playing with the Raiders this preseason. And now all of a sudden, very late in the preseason process, he's traded to the Steelers. One thing that's helping is that uh, Ryan Switzer grew up not too far from here in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He's pretty familiar with Pittsburgh and with the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up right down the road. You know, my family's three hours down the road. Uh, Charleston, right? Yeah, Charles. I've been, you know, I've been to a couple of Pittsburgh games as a kid, so you know, I'm familiar with this area. Um, feels like home, man. You know, the mountains, the weather. I mean, it's 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 nice. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, almost heaven, you might say, huh? <laughs> uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't think the transition uh, at this late stage should be all that difficult. It's our intentions to get him on the field on Thursday. We'll see what these next two practices look like. And then what goes beyond that, you know, we'll, we'll let the dominoes fall um, and, and see how this week goes. But our intentions are to play him on Thursday, um, but we'll wait and see what these two practices look like. The guy's getting off a red eye, et cetera. So let's see how it goes. What kind of transition is that? The degree of difficulty going from one return game to another? And that guy's been a returner all his life. I'd imagine it's like like breathing or swimming, you know, or riding a bike. Um, I don't imagine it'd be really significant. That's Mike Tomlin's opinion anyway. Special teams coordinator Danny Smith had a much different take on it. It's hard. He got here this morning. He'd been on a flight all night. We play Thursday. Time to do it before Cleveland? Well, I, it's hard to make any predictions, you know. My, you know, I'll get with Coach, but my idea is, you know, he's got to play on Thursday night. We'll see if we can get that done. You know, Val, we didn't talk to those guys at the same time, but had we, it would have been the scene from Moneyball. You've heard us talk about that a lot. Oh, yeah. The A's are trying to get Scott Hatterberg to convert to first base, and the general manager Billy Bean is telling him, eh, "It's first base. It's easy." And the assistant coach Ron Washington is telling him, "It's incredibly difficult." <laughs> <laughs> I think the truth is somewhere in between. But this yeah. kid's done it before. Catch the ball. Don't turn it over. Right. Hold on to it. Get it as far as you can, and let the offense do its thing. Seems pretty simple to me. Yeah. But- I'm not. Then again, if it really was simple, everybody would do it. I guess so. So, yeah. But you know, relative to football tasks, they're not they're not asking him to to take every third one to the end zone. Just just be okay. And, be solid and uh, go from there. Steelers and the Panthers Thursday night, and uh, I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve, Val, <laughs> because. When the fourth preseason game is over, it will be time for the regular season. Yeah. Santa's going to slide down my chimney Thursday night and say, you don't have to go to any more exhibition <laughs> games until next year. Merry effing Christmas. It's the real thing now. So much better than the fake thing. Uh, Pirates are in St. Louis again tonight. They will give the ball to Trevor Williams. It'll be his 26th start of the season. Man, has he been on... Uh, a great run. He's allowed just four runs in his last seven starts. Uh, that's 42 innings pitched. He's 3-2 and two with a 0.97 ERA in six starts since the All-Star break. That he has only won three games and lost two with a 0.97 ERA over six games tells you how well the Pirates' offense has been doing of late. Williams is 1-2 and two against St. Louis this year. He will be opposed uh, for the Cardinal or by the Cardinals, Miles Mikolas, who is uh, thirteen and three, two point nine four. 
Jack Flaherty, uh, too much for the Pirates last night, as has been the case this season. Flaherty is really good, and he was that again in the Cardinals' 5-2 victory over the Bucks last night. Pittsburgh getting just six hits and scoring only a couple of runs. Von Nova had a rocky start for the Pirates. He gave up four run runs in three and two-thirds innings. The Pirates fall to 64-68 and 68 overall and 11-19 and 19 since their 11-game winning streak. That uh, winning streak generated some optimism for next year, but they're going to have to do better than 11-19 and 19 over the next 30 for that optimism to be right. maintained, Val. It'll be gone if not. It's going, going right now. Let's got to get it back. That's sports. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we will uh, be wrapping up the show here. Show. I was going to tease Mark Madden because he's normally on at nine forty-five, but he's he was already on today. We could, we could play it again and just go. We could just rewind it. So uh, Randy is out today, and uh, Bill out as well because uh, Randy's sick. If you heard the show yesterday. You heard how awful he sounded? I told him last night, if you still sound like that, don't come in tomorrow. He actually was trying to be a hero yesterday. He was. I'm like, there's n- there's not a lot going on. Just go yeah. go recover. We're going to hit the long haul with the Steelers season next week, so you need to be well for that. Plus, a lot of jobs, you know, you can kind of gut it out if you can't speak very well. Yeah, that's this is not one this of them. This would not be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not not a good not a good way to go. So, uh, he's getting some rest. He deserves rest it. and relaxation. He deserves some it. a good night's sleep. Hopefully, hopefully, you can get one of those too. The holiday weekend is coming up, and thanks to Mattress Firm, there's really something to celebrate. But Val, you can't afford to miss your chance. Mattress Firm's most popular deal ends Monday. You have until then to hurry in and shop the Labor Day sale. It is your last chance to get a free adjustable base with your purchase of $599 or more. That's a value of up to 699 bucks for free. All beds are on sale. That means savings of up to $600 with the lowest-priced mattresses starting at just $37. You can get a Beautyrest Queen mattress for just $497 or a Serta Memory Foam Queen mattress for their lowest price ever at $397. When Mattress Firm says every bed is on sale, they mean it. And you can get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has to offer. Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale ends Monday, so hurry in and get a King mattress for the price of a queen and your free adjustable base. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms, subject to credit approval. Don't wait. Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale ends Monday. I When I lived on Mount Washington in the in the 2000s, a friend of mine lived down the street from me, and her landlord, same, she, he had been spying on her. Mm-hmm. She found out, like, literally caught him while like, she's taking the shower. She That's freaks out. That's everybody's nightmare. She freaks out. Her boyfriend is, like, an old friend of mine. He was living up in Erie. They're they're married now and have kids and stuff, but at the time they were dating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, she calls me and she's like, oh, I have to get out of here. And, you know, can you come help me? And I was like, yeah. So I called her boyfriend. I'm like, dude, I'm going down to help her. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to do here or anything. And, you know, do you want to come down? And he's like, no, nah, you got it, dude. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks. I'll just take care of this. <laughs> so I get down and the landlord's yelling at her and stuff. So then I have to be like. This was one of the weirdest nights of my life. I was like, you know, I'm like, just chill out, dude. Like, How you know, like I got to threaten to beat up an old pervert, you know, so she can move her stuff out because he's complaining. I'm like, dude, I'm oh going to call you the had cops. to double dutch your yeah, way into this situation. Call the police. I didn't have a cell phone. I like, literally didn't have a cell phone on me. But I was like, I'm going to call the cops. But she's like, don't. I just want to get out of here. So some other guy's walking by and, he, and he's like, trouble. And I'm like, 
dude, do me a favor. Just hang. Because it was up on the mountain. I'm like, do me a favor. Just hang here for two minutes if you got it. And I'm like, this pervert's, you know, spying on her. She wants to get out of the house and everything. And uh, I just want to keep him intimidated. And he's like, no problem. I'm like, oh, there's an accent. And I'm like, God, we found Liam Neeson. <laughs> dude. So he's like. I was just on my way to a meeting, and I'm like, meeting? And he's like, yeah, some of my Perverts Irish- Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, some of my Irish friends. And I'm like, oh, God, there's a guy from the IRA. Bring them all down. Like, right. And now he's like, let's go just kill him. What are we waiting for? And I'm like, I don't know. We don't want to kill him. He's like, I'm going to bash his head in. And I'm like, no, dude, he's an old guy. He's a part. I mean, he deserves it. But like, so I now I had to stop the Irish guy from from killing the, the landlord. And we're like, I'm on the corner of Sycamore Street going. Dude, chill out. And the the old man's yelling, and I'm like, I'm going to let the Irish guy go if you keep it up. (laughs) It's the DVE Morning Show uh, wrapping up today. And uh, I want to thank Mark Madden for joining us, listening to him at 3 o'clock this afternoon on 105.9 The X. Also, thanks to Josh Yoey from The Athletic. Uh, I was going to do it for today. Not sure who's going to be back. Randy's sick. So I told him, don't come in. Just stay home and get better. So not sure if he'll be in tomorrow. Uh, Bill, not sure if he'll be in tomorrow either. It's kind of that time of year when, you know, you got to get all the get all your days in while not a whole lot's happening. So we'll do that with those guys. And um, tomorrow, Steelers' final preseason game, 7.30 kickoff, and we'll get the pregame underway at 3.30 here on your flagship station for Steelers football, 102.5 DVE. Michelle Michaels up next. She's got the electric lunch at noon. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.